Hello everybody and welcome to the Sam's Report. Today is July 22nd, the second to last Friday before the end of the month. So we are well into July, which means we are quickly approaching the August 2nd D-Day. Uh, but more importantly, if you have not yet, uh, we are about a week away from the Windows 10 upgrade offer going away forever. So if you have not done so yet, you're kind of crazy not to at this point, but here you go. You've got seven days, seven days to count down before you will then be poning up. I think it's about $120 for a Windows 10 upgrade that you could have for free starting today. But, you know, that's aside. So uh, things that went on this week, obviously some people can point out that the wall looks a little bit better. I certainly agree. We have a new boom mic setup. Um, yeah, there's that. And Studio is coming along. I was actually honestly hoping that my desk would have arrived by now, which would go somewhere right in here. But as you can see, it is not. Um, it's actually taking a lot longer than expected. So we'll see. Maybe next week? I don't know. Uh, it's a pretty cool looking desk, though. I will say that. A uh, couple things uh, to note this week. I was on Windows Weekly this week because Paul is in Paris doing things that he likes to do in Paris, which include not doing Windows Weekly. So if you missed that, you can go check it out. But yeah, uh, so that happened. Uh, other little tidbit, um, this is a bit of a teaser, uh, mostly because I don't know the full details yet, and if I did, I would probably tell you them. I am actually going to Redmond next week, so Monday through Wednesday, um, I will be out of the office and up on the Mothership campus. I don't, I, I can't quite go into all what I'm doing yet. It's nothing crazy, uh, so it's not like me and Satya going golfing or anything like that. Um, but I will be heading up there to get some good stuff for Throughout and Petri. And, you know, I haven't been up to campus uh, in a little bit, so it's always good to make trips back there. And, yeah, so I will be up there for that. So if you see me traveling or complaining about airlines, or, God forbid, you see an airline that goes down on the way to Redmond, I was probably on that. And, yeah. Rocking the orange cup today for the water. So let's just kind of dive into the things that went off. Uh, this week. So obviously the big things that announced uh, this week, earnings, Microsoft announced earnings. And there's a couple big key takeaways, you know, 22 billion in revenue-ish. Uh, but really, aside from that, um, Microsoft's entire future, and I, I really believe it's not entire, but stability of the company relies on Azure. And the fact that it is growing well is a good sign that Microsoft isn't going to go away here anytime soon. So, uh, Microsoft did acknowledge this week that they are still on track to hit a 20 billion commercial cloud run rate by fiscal year 18. So that just essentially means that on a yearly basis, they will have $20 billion in cloud revenue, which is phenomenal for the company because as we all know, Windows, we don't really know what the future of Windows is. Obviously, I'm not saying desktops are going away and PCs are going away, but the cash flow coming from the Windows line is not going to be there forever. I mean, think 30 years from now, do you really think we're still going to be using desktops where there's a Windows desktop license? Probably not. There'll probably be other type of licensing, HoloLens or something along those lines. But the cloud, I very fully believe, will still be there. And that's Microsoft's sort of rock uh, going forward at this point. So the fact that they're still on rate on track to hit that is a very good sign for anybody who's invested in the Microsoft ecosystem and that sort of thing. <laughs> Windows Phone, um, yeah. <laughs> Windows Phone is, I think, completely kind of reached its finale here, at least 
from a reporting perspective. Microsoft did not mention Windows Phone or Windows 10 Mobile at all in their earnings filings, uh, mostly because this means that it's no longer material value. And what that means for those who are not familiar with accounting, uh, a material item is something that can adversely impact the stability of the company. So at this point, they're saying, hey, Windows Phone, if it completely tanks, it's not gonna impact the, the company's financials in any meaningful way. So they no longer really mention it. They didn't mention sales or anything like that. We all know the narrative, no reason to beat this into the ground, but I just thought it was kind of interesting that Q4 uh, fiscal year, what is it, 16 for them is, yeah, Windows Phone, 10 Mobile, no longer getting to mention anything anymore. Rolling here. Uh, other things that went on, Xbox console was down. The hardware was down. I don't think this is too surprising all that much. I mean, they're no longer selling the Xbox 360, so there's less hardware to buy. Um, although the Xbox One is a little bit cheaper now. You can get it starting around the $299 price point. But yeah. So Xbox hardware down just a little bit. But the good news is in that uh, for Microsoft, Xbox Live membership is up. So I think this is actually a net positive. Uh, I believe the number was 49 million. And the reason why it's a net positive is services generally have much better margins than hardware. They're growing in the service industry, which is where they want to be. And it's a reoccurring cash payment. Uh, so yeah, it's up. And the, actually the biggest takeaway out of everything in the earnings was actually a footnote uh, for the Bing search revenue. So Microsoft said this week that Windows 10 users in June generated 40% of Bing search revenue, 40%. That is substantial. Like that's, if it was like 5% of like, eh, yeah, but this is almost half. This is almost half of Bing search revenue in the month of June came from Windows 10 desktop users. As you can see here, this is a, how Microsoft is monetizing the free users. And this is actually phenomenal for not only Bing, uh, because Bing is getting lots more data and with lots more data, they can make their search engines uh, a lot better and more accurate and get the content people want. But, not, but the fact that it's generating a significant amount of money for Microsoft, Bing was actually profitable for the entire year last year, which was a first for Microsoft. So the search engine is doing quite well. And I, I wonder what the tipping point is of when it begins to kind of, you know, scratch into the Google uh, domain of when when does Google start to feel the heat of this? I don't quite know when and where that figure is or how we'd ever actually know. I guess if Google's search revenue starts dropping at a significant rate, um, then we go from there. But I would wonder when that kind of those roads cross. I don't think we're quite there yet, but if Microsoft has 350 million people using Bing instead of Google, that is obviously a big win for Microsoft. So. What I would love to know, and they will never really fully tell us this, is if desktop users have a better click-through rate on advertising from search gen from from Bing. Because if they do, then that's a big win for Microsoft again, and they can promote that. But if they don't, then obviously they're going to kind of you know tuck that under for whatever reason. But Bing search revenue up forty percent, uh, or forty percent of Bing revenue for the month of June. That's a figure I hope they keep giving us because that will be. That, that, that'll be substantial, especially going forward, considering that eventually, you know, Windows 10 will overtake Windows 7 at some point, I think for many, many years from that, but it will happen eventually. And that's a, that's a pretty significant threat to the old Googles. So that's just kind of a dive through the earnings and we'll go through that. So yeah, earnings done, moving on. So Windows 10, 
build 1493 is out. Uh, it is on the fast ring, the slow ring, and I believe actually they started pushing it to the release preview ring. This is the RTM build. I've heard it from a couple people, 1493. I don't know if they will rebrand it. Um, they could re roll it up into like 14400. Four, 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 they could roll it up to, but uh, everything that I have heard so far is that 14393 is RTM. They have signed off on it as of Wednesday, and this is the build that is going to be coming out to everybody. So, if you're running it, you're on Windows 10 Anniversary Update RTM. What does this mean, though? So, somebody actually asked this, and, and I'll kind of reiterate on it. They said, okay, so they're done building Windows 10 Anniversary Update. Not, not really. Uh, I would be fully expecting that when the build drops that there's possibly a cumulative update ready. And just because they, they signed off on this build doesn't mean they're done building for this particular branch. This just means that the base code is now done and they can still service it through Windows Update, through patching and through everything like that. So just because the primary work is done doesn't mean that they're done development. It's just this is the foundation that Microsoft is going to use going forward to service um, all this uh, for the anniversary update, which I I'm still trying to get a read on of when the next update is going to come. Redstone, I guess, too. We've been hearing June a lot. I don't. I've been hearing whispers about fall stuff. I don't. I don't really know what's going on in the fall yet. I'm still working around that. And I have no idea. Please don't. Good for love of God, don't quote that. Um, but I don't know if they're going to do anything in the fall yet. But we know definitely stuff is coming in the spring, so we will see what is going on uh, with that. But more importantly, Microsoft announced uh, to lovely Miss Mary Jo Foley, and I hate it when they give quotes to individual people, even if it's Mary Jo, just because they didn't send it to me. But you know what? She's a good friend. Good for her. Uh, and there we go. But uh, they did say that Microsoft hits uh, will not hit 1 billion devices by mid-2018 as they initially announced that they would have a billion Windows 10 devices. So they're not going to hit that. Um, they put it on the shoulders of Windows Phone, which I think is a cop-out. I, I, if they, when they announced this, what, it built 2015, if they really thought Windows 10 Mobile was going to be this huge, massive success, um, that's... Mm, I, yeah, I, that's some bad foresight there. So who knows? Who knows? But they're not going to hit it. And is it really a big deal? I don't know. I mean, obviously, like people can say, oh, it's not a. It is a big deal. You're a fanboy. But really, I mean, okay. So this was a publicly stated goal. It's it's an embarrassment. I will certainly agree that it's an embarrassment that they said they're going to do something and they failed to live up to it. Nobody likes to ever do it. it doesn't matter. Microsoft, Google, Facebook. They said they're going to do something and they don't hit it. It's not good. Now, are they going to miss it by like 700 million machines? No, I, I honestly think they're going to be about 100 million, maybe 150 million short, which sounds like a lot, but in the billion terms, that's about 15% shy. And I think a lot of it is going to come from slower adoption in the enterprise as well. Now, Microsoft touted at WPC that it was over 90% of its enterprise clients are uh, testing Windows 10. That's a... That's a uh, erroneous statement. Let me explain why. Testing Windows 10 versus getting ready to deploy it are two totally different things. They could put it on one machine in a back office and say, yeah, it runs. It runs just fine. Got to remember, Windows 7 is supported for, what, another four years? So there's no, I mean, there's a sense of urgency, but there's really not. And at the same time, when these companies 
go to upgrade, especially the large enterprises where they might do 10,000 machines in a, in a single push while they upgrade 300,000 machines across the company. This is a massive effort that does not happen in a year. It doesn't happen in two years. These companies are just now getting on Windows 7. So we are probably, in my opinion, at least three years away from seeing massive wide enterprise adoption of Windows 10, which means that Windows 7 is still going to be the kingpin of the market for quite a while. Um, I, I cannot see it Windows 7 faltering before a two and a half, three year mark. Uh, we'll see. I think we'll be, I should put that on my calendar to see where it is um, in about two and a half years from now to see how close Windows 7 is to over, or Windows 10 is to taking over Windows 7. But yeah. And one of the other things I actually heard that was very interesting, I forgot to talk about this last week, is how why how and why Microsoft is moving to the servicing model. There's obvious benefits to, you know, this is the last Windows and all that good stuff. But one of the engineers actually pointed out something that was really interesting to me. I'd never heard it phrased this way. He said, um, Microsoft wants to stop competing with itself on Windows. And it makes sense because right now, what do they have to do for Windows 10? Well, they have to tell Windows, they have to pitch it to Windows 7 users and say why it's better. And so they're trying to sell those users on a product they built. So really, the this, this servicing model is to help them having to stop compete with themselves. It's just one Windows. I wonder if they'll ever actually just rebrand Windows 10 to just Windows. Um, I, I don't think that would come anytime soon until we are well beyond the transition point of Windows 10 being the mass uh, most used product uh, in the Windows family from a desktop perspective. But I could eventually see them doing that and then they just go to a perpetual service model from that point on. So that is what's going on in the Windows world. We'll start poking around and seeing what comes with the next Redstone build. I can't imagine that they're going to keep pushing up builds too quickly uh, because we're going to kind of get back into this cycle of, you know, we need to get they're going to set development milestones, what's coming, and then they're going to try to update, and then they're going to push out features, and then bugs, and then um, ship it. So right now we're kind of in this like planning area, muddled, nebulous area while they're they're isolating what they're going to do. And then I would imagine that the fun times will kick back up in about three months, three to four months from now, when they start introducing um, more features. So let me shut that off that uh, Mahiti's asking <laughs> what that noise is. It's actually my furnace. Usually I shut this thing off, but because my wife is home upstairs, uh, it should shut off here in just a second. But because my wife is upstairs, the Nest uh, thermostat and smoke detector detected somebody's home, and so it kicks back on. So it should shut off here in just a second. So other things that are going on this week, uh, we got another Surface Gate sort of thing. Um, it's more dubbed Battery Gate. It's for Surface Pro 3 users. This has been in, I wrote it uh, in the news for quite a bit this week. I wrote it up earlier. And what it is, if you have a Simplo battery, Simplo, S-I-M-P-L-O battery, and go to Throughout and check out my post, and you can figure out how to check what type of battery you have. But these batteries are failing spectacularly. Now, not in the way that we're traditionally used to seeing uh, lithium-ion batteries fail where they explode. No, no, no. These batteries are failing to hold capacity to really any sizable manner. And here, here's what's going on. 
And the problem is, is when they're failing. So these devices are starting to fail just outside of warranty, like 14 months, 12 to 14 months out, some people are saying. And what it does is that the, the battery, I believe, has like a 40,000-ish approximation milliamp hour battery life from out of the factory. I think it's 44,000. And these batteries are falling down to like the 8,000. I've seen one battery report that had it listed at 1,000 milliamp hours. And that is a dramatic decline in really usability. So yeah, this is really interesting. Microsoft is saying that if you need it fixed, it costs $500 or around that, depending on where you are and the device that you have. So 500 bucks to get this thing fixed because hey, it's a sealed device. It's really a showstopper at that point. It really turns these things into desktop PCs. So Microsoft has said that they are looking into this issue. And I don't really know what they're gonna do because it's it's technically outside of warranty. They did offer an extended warranty if you bought that, uh, but it's technically outside of warranty. So they're not, I don't believe legally obligated to um, service these things. And it's not a safety issue. Like if the batteries were exploding, yeah, that would be, they would have to, they would be, it would be mandatory. So they're kind of in this gray area. Now, from a, like, good faith perspective, I think they have to, if if they find a widespread cause, like if they look and say, hey, if you anybody with a Simplo battery, uh, they're getting 14 months out of it and then this thing is kaput and they realize it's, it's legitimately a manufacturer's defect, I think that they should have to do something. Uh, mostly because then why would you ever buy another Surface? It's like, hey, look, they built a device, they knew it has a faulty hardware, and they're just kind of screwing over those customers. I don't know. This is the latest issue in the kind of Surface hardware thing um, for Microsoft, right? We all know the issues with the Pro 4 and the Surface Book with Skylake. So if you have a Simplo battery, keep an eye on it. Um, if you're within the warranty period and you still have a Simplo battery, I would definitely kind of think about maybe purchasing that extended warranty if you plan on keeping your device for a while. I don't know. This is... This is going to be interesting to see how Microsoft deals with this problem. And I hope they do the right thing. I should say realistically, I hope they find out that it's just a small issue and only affects a very small subset of people. But at the same time, and I don't know, at the same time, they need to do the right thing. So we'll see. That's the Simplo battery, uh, battery problem. Um, other things in the hardware world. So I, I just kind of ripped on Mary Jo Foley, not really ripped, but she got a quote from Microsoft and they sent it to nobody else. And so I got a quote this week and they didn't send it to anybody else, mostly because I asked for it. And I think that's how Mary Jo Foley uh, got hers. But here we go. So Surface Hub uh, is pretty much sold out. Microsoft had underestimated the amount of, I don't know, what, what do you want to call it? Customers that were going to buy one and they, they didn't make enough of them. And so I, I wonder if it has anything to do with the Service RT where they had a $900 million write down, but this is the reality that we're in. And so Microsoft, if you wanna buy one, it's kinda of like good luck. And so they do recommend contacting your, uh, your Service Retail rep or whatever. Um, they're sold out. So, and these things start at what, like nine grand and 22 grand. Now some people did get them cheaper for when they initially announced the pricing, which was lower. Maybe they raised the price because they were selling out so crazy fast. But that is what's going on with the Surface Hub. I do want to point out, a lot of people botched this up. Um, they wrote that Microsoft sold over 500 of them. That's not correct. They have 500 customers who have bought them. So if a customer bought two, obviously then they sold two to that customer. It's not 500 devices. And considering the margins they're probably making on these things and how much they cost, 
this is proving to be a very lucrative business for Microsoft. And anybody who's in this space who has built out a conference room, these devices are actually pretty cheap in comparison to the competition and the serviceability of everything else. So there we go. Um, Surface Hub sold out and that's what's going on. Xbox One S, uh, most people probably already know this, coming August 2nd. That's the two terabyte version only, two terabyte. So if you order the 500 gig or one terabyte, Microsoft Store is currently listing December. So keep that in mind that this is the two terabyte only version. Starts arriving, not shipping, uh, arriving, I should say, on August 2nd. They made it very clear that if you pre-ordered one of these things, it should arrive on August 2nd. And the other thing is the Xbox Elite, or Xbox Elite, the Elite X3, which this always confused me from uh, HP, finally got priced $699 and going on up. It's not a consumer device. It's an enthusiast device at the very top and primarily targeted at the enterprise. So if you're looking to buy one of those things, don't be surprised that it's the high-end spec. Um, we don't know the production run size, but $699 is what it's going to cost to get you. And another kind of false headline out there was that it was going to be on PayPal credit. Uh, PayPal credit is just a loan. So it, this is like saying, hey, I went to the bank and got a loan and bought one of these things. Uh, if you need to buy one, it's $699. If you need to finance it, that you can finance things millions of different ways around the internet. Um, yeah, so there's that. Other things that went on uh, this week, oh, in the hardware space. So speaking of Skylake, like we were with the Pro 4 and Surface Book, Intel is now shipping Cabby Lake, uh, not directly to consumers yet. I believe it's going to OEMs. They dropped this little bit on, uh, on their earnings call. Brett Howells picked it up from an Antec. And so Cabby Lake processors are now going out, which I think fully solidifies that Skylake was terrible. Um, and it makes me so happy because I now have three Skylake processors. I have Surface Pro 4, Surface Book, and also the desktop that I built uh, has Skylake in it. And this is pretty much Intel saying, hey, these chips probably weren't that great. And oops. So now they're shipping Cabby Lake. Uh, if that's your thing, you know, just kind of be paying attention to see when those processors really start kind of making their way all the way out to the consumer level. Other things that went on, not this week, but I was allowed to finally write about it was, so I got to talk to Gurdeep uh, Paul. He is the corporate vice president of Skype. Actually, they're emailed to me asking me if I want to talk to him. He says, hey, Brad, I see you're passionate about Skype. And they linked to my post where I wrote up <laughs> Skype is a dumpster fire. And so I don't want to go on a rant about Skype because it was really nice to be able to talk to this gentleman. And he finally, and he finally, we kind of came clear. The first thing out of his mouth was he said, hey, Brad, we should have been more apparent about the issues that are going on with Skype. Now, I will say that Skype for me the past four weeks or so has been great. I I mean, there's little things here and there that have kind of been like whatever, but the major issues with Skype that I have been talking about and ranting about are gone. Um, I haven't had a message sync out of order. I haven't had a call drop. I've had video chat work just great. And so really what they're doing here, and this is kind of, uh, I don't know, however you want to call it, like a, the last phase of a transition they announced many years ago. So they're in the process of finalizing their, their move from P2P setup to a cloud-based setup. So what that really means is any app that use P2P is no longer gonna work starting soon. And it really kind of cuts into like the Windows phone world. Um, if you have Skype on a television or any other embedded system, I, I don't think it's gonna impact the Xbox because they can update that with a new app. But what they're doing is just essentially turning off P2P to support. And during that phase of what they're doing right now is when all these bugs and these duplicate 
message errors came up. And so they had to work through that. They got through it. And now they're moving to a cloud-based system. And the UWP app on Skype for desktop is the future. And that's really Skype. I, I definitely did a really good write-up on Petri. Totally give it a read if you're kind of curious about the back channel and things that went on with Skype. But the I'll leave it with this. And I always like it when Microsoft lets you talk to somebody higher up on the org chart. Because if you talk to like an engineer, they're not going to know what you're, you're talking about. You get to that mid-level manager area and they, they're really nervous about their career because it's generally the first time they're talking to outside people sometimes. And so they don't ever want to tell you anything that could possibly be related as negative. But when you get up to that top, they're totally candid. Like anytime you talk to like uh, Terry, um, Gabe was always completely honest. They're just kind of, they're, they're really honest, which is great. And so Gurdip, I asked him this. I said, with Windows 7, you had a Win32 app. With Windows 8, you had a modern app uh, and a desktop app. Windows 10, you built three UWP apps, uh, announced that you're killing the desktop app, and now you're going to a UWP app after killing the three independent UWP apps. So really, this is like a two and a half year time period, three years, and I was like, hey, what happened? He said, well, you know, we were chasing down what Microsoft was doing as a company, and we wanted to be supportive of their efforts. And we built a modern app, and then we thought the three, WU, the three independent UWP apps were what users wanted based on feedback. And that turned out to be not true. And so we went back to the desktop and then we built the desktop app or we, you know, we re-released the desktop app, started supporting that. And then we moved to the UWP single app model, which is the future. The, the desktop Skype UWP app is the future for the company. And he was very blunt and saying, yeah, we lost a lot of development time chasing down these different agendas. So I always appreciate that. And it was good to hear him say that. And hopefully, hopefully, I'm really optimistic now. I really am this time that Skype is going to be much, much better going forward. So there we go. That's what's going on with Skype. Skype, the love-hate, but more so love these days. Let's let's hopefully keep it that way. A couple quick things in the Office world. Uh, Microsoft announced Office Stream, which is really kind of like an internal YouTube. So if you're a big, large enterprise and you want an easy way to host, share, and create video, check out Office Stream. There's also a service called Office Bookings, which is a bookings platform for basically the SMB market. So let's say the demo that they use is that uh, you're a grooming shop, like you own a small grooming pet shop and it's a one man thing or whatever, a couple people, and you wanna allow your clients to book things online. So they can come to your website, book an appointment, and there you go. So what Bookings does, it makes that a turnkey product. You, you go in with your office, I believe this is only at the office top level, the business premium, which is like 13 bucks a month, give or take, uh, per employee. And you go in there, you only need one person to be able to do this, set it up, and just blast that URL out to your clients or whoever, and they go on. And when they make a booking, it goes right to your calendar or any other calendar you set up for your employees. They can also get, they also get reminders about their upcoming appointment and if they cancel and feedback and all that good stuff. It's just a turnkey bookings product. I think it's a really smart move from Microsoft as it's a productivity tool. And that's what they're, you know, that's what they're all about. Um, diving back into Windows Phone just a little bit. Okay. So there were headlines running around the internet. It says Microsoft's looking into getting Pokemon Go on Windows 10 Mobile. Anytime you hear that, just ignore it, unless it's like a really serious thing. Um, here's why. Because somebody from any website will take uh, an app name. So this time, Pokemon Go. Email Microsoft Press. Hey, when's Pokemon Code coming to Windows 10 Mobile? 
and they will respond back that, hey, uh, we're looking into it. And then the blogs go nuts and they say, Microsoft's looking into getting Pokemon Go. No, they're not. They have no control over this. They can go to the developer and say, hey, you want to build an app for this? And they'll say no, and they'll be like, okay. Um, Pokemon Go, let's, let's get this straight. They can't even keep their servers online uh, let alone are they going to build out for a small niche platform like Windows Phone. They just, they had to delay their launch in Japan. I think they finally went live like yesterday because they couldn't even stay online long enough. They are not building out a Windows 10 mobile app. Uh, the market share is too small. Sorry. And I think Microsoft actually kind of, you know, pulled back on some of those blogs who were writing that up and saying, no, we're not like really looking into it. Like, obviously we'd love to have them, but I would not be holding your breath for this sort of thing. Also in the Windows Phone world, uh, 11 point, uh, this is according to a duplex, uh, Windows 10 Mobile is now on 11.9% of devices. Windows Phone 8.1 is still the king, 79.1%. So for those of you who are in the Windows Phone world, just kind of keep that in mind that Windows 10 Mobile, that's really surprising actually, now that the more that I think about it. Um, I, I always envisioned that the Windows Phone community was the enthusiast crowd. And those people would be quick to jump on Windows 10 Mobile faster than your, your average like desktop user and whatnot. The fact that only 11.9% are running it, I think kind of tells the story that, that of the devices sold, I would guess that around, rough numbers here, 15% are premium devices. And I would bet that the 79.1% that are out there that are still running Windows Phone 8.1 are those really, really, really low-end handsets that were selling for like 35 bucks a pop and on up. So I think that kind of gives us a little bit of breakdown about the, the size of the enthusiast base that is within this stuff. So that's what's going on in the Windows Phone world. One thing to keep your, your eyes out for next week is on Microsoft's campus is what they're calling uh, One Week. This is an annual event. It kind of replaces something that Balmer used to do where they used to have annual company meetings for like all employees. And what One Week is is when a lot of people come to Microsoft's campus and they have celebrations, they have a hackathon, they all do sorts of like crazy stuff. It's just kind of like a rah-rah, like cheery moment, along with some productivity uh, things. It's also a time when employees can kind of set aside their, their typical day job and explore something else within the company. And so that kicks off next week. Expect to see a lot of, like, if you follow any Microsoft employees on Twitter, um, you know, fully expect that to kind of be blowing up the feeds a little bit. So one week kicks off next week. I will be on Microsoft's campus uh, Monday through Wednesday. I'm taking, so I'm taking a red eye home Wednesday night and I will be back um, home, I don't know, Thursday morning, probably nice and grumpy, but yeah. So that is what's going on with one week. And to wrap the show up today, I'm gonna do the other Windows uh, Insider Tip of the Week. So now is a great time to back up your machine. If you have not already installed the anniversary update, uh, it's a good time to back up before you install this. Not that I'm expecting anything major to happen, but definitely back up your content uh, to just back it up. The other reason, if you already are on the anniversary update, now is a great time to create a save point. Saying, hey look, I've got a fresh install of the anniversary update and I can always restore back to that. So that's the tip of the week. Back up now. You should always back up often, but this is a great time to be doing it to create those restore points uh, before you either upgrade or before you get off of the fresh build. So this has been another episode of the Sam's Report for July 22nd. Uh, thanks for watching, everybody. Appreciate it. Have a good weekend.